unideal church ideals, marginalizing social grievances, part two of three. Let's post as part two of three of the series on unideal church ideals. Now, if you didn't read part one, I'd encourage you to check it out. Without further ado, here's another unideal church ideal. It goes a little something like this. We're Christians. Why get so wrapped up in these social issues anyway? They aren't that important. Yes and no. True, the Bible says my home is in heaven, which I wholeheartedly agree with, but I probably have a while before I get there. So I do well to observe what's happening in the world around me. People, including some of your Christian brothers and sisters, are having a legitimately tough time with some of the things unfolding in the world at large. Now, you and I don't improve the situation by insisting these issues they face somehow shouldn't matter because of the fact that they're a Christian. That's like me approaching the Native Americans in the 1600s and telling them, it doesn't matter that all your land is being stolen from you. Your treasure is in heaven. Now, even though that's true, that doesn't come off as tactful. In fact, it sounds a bit exploitative and opportunistic. It makes light of their challenges. Challenges that coincidentally, you and I are considerably less affected by because we're not Native American. I'm sure there are parallels you could draw with privilege, but I'll save that for another day. Before continuing though, it is worth mentioning the slave masters use notions like heavenly treasure to further marginalize slaves and convince them to be content with their abuse and their oppression and their exploitation. Think about that for a second. Beyond having a tone that comes off as exploitative, there are other issues with this too. In church, to our detriment, don't we tend to use a lot of double standards? That sounds awful, but to some extent, I do think it's true. Forgive me if this is graphic, but if your daughter came home from school and told you she's being molested, would you say, oh, it doesn't matter because your treasure is in heaven? Probably not. Now, is there something about this situation that moves you in a different kind of way? Let's try something less sensationalized. What if you found out your son was being bullied? Now, he can't even focus on learning at school because he's being mistreated by some rowdy classmates. Your first thought probably isn't, no worries, his home is in heaven. So his education isn't that important anyways. Why not? What about this situation moves you in a different kind of way? There's an important principle we gather from this. We decide what's worth caring about. It's true. We do something about our daughter being molested because we think it warrants a response. We do something about our son being bullied in school because we think it warrants a response. I don't disagree. I think that's a perfectly reasonable conclusion.
it does warrant a response. The question then becomes, what criteria do we use to determine what events warrant a response? And do we apply that criteria consistently across different situations? Now, here's where we may diverge in our thinking. I think the answer is no. In fact, I think the answer is absolutely not. Now, as I mentioned before, I think we use a number of double standards in the church, not all of which pertain to race. And in my opinion, this is just one instance of that. There are a ridiculous number of variables that compromise and influence human judgment every hour, every day, every week, every minute, or every second. Entire fields of research in psychology, economics, finance, strategy, organizational behavior, and others are devoted to studying exactly that. How is human judgment compromised in any given moment? Your response to your son being bullied in school is influenced by your own feelings and emotions, your personality type, your own personal experiences with bullying. What's most salient in your mind at the time? Maybe somebody bullied you at work that day. Things you may have been exposed to recently in various forms of media. Maybe there have been several school-related shootings and they've linked some of them to bullying. Your response could also depend on whether or not your son has a history of behaving or misbehaving. It could depend on the gender, the height, the size, the weight, the race, the religion, or lack thereof, of the person bullying him. Whether or not the person who informs you of the bullying is a credible source, etc. Are you still convinced you approach every situation the same way? If so, you're a far better human than I am. In fact, decision-making on that level would probably rival a computer algorithm of some sort. My opinion in church, I think we decide what's worth caring about. And quite frequently, we don't apply that criteria the same way to all situations. So here's where things get interesting. Now we can extend the application of deciding what we wanna care about. Now we'll fly all over the world for the rights of people in other countries, but for whatever reason, we take less interest in issues at home. We'll be really invested in animal cruelty, the environment, and other issues, but when it comes to race relations, your home is in heaven. So even if you're being mistreated, don't fret. Now, to be fair, the race card has been abused a lot in the past and present. A lot of people tuned out of the discussion a long time ago. And to some extent, I think it's kind of hard to blame them. But still, you have to wonder if there's anything else worth noting here. It reminds me of the point that I made earlier. I think it's awfully convenient to be in a place where you tell people what does and doesn't matter. Coincidentally, many of the people insisting your home is in heaven aren't directly affected by the plight of the black or brown community in America. In the same way, statements like I don't see race can be used to dismiss race-related issues because race doesn't matter. I think the dismissal of social issues functions in a very similar way. That is, in dismissing 
social issues, you're telling someone that their plight or strife in America actually isn't that important. Now, why is this an unideal church ideal? Um, social issues frequently end up affecting those that are marginalized, right? So that means they're perceived as less important. Maybe they're underrepresented, meaning they don't have uh, very many seats at the table, or for whatever reason, maybe they're lacking in terms of power. So they have few positions of uh, influence and decision-making authority and things of that regard. Issues that affect the mainstream are usually addressed much faster because they affect most people or they affect the most important people. In church or outside of church, being white increases the likelihood of your needs taking the limelight because it makes you part of the American majority, the 61%. Now, me being black, perhaps, does the exact opposite. That is, I'm at risk of being marginalized, being perceived as less important, because my problems probably aren't most people's problems. I'm not in the majority. I'm in the 13%. In other words, my voice is likely to be drowned out by the majority group, the group that consists of the 61%. Indeed, this frequently happens with racial minorities. Now, while issues affect that, uh, excuse me, while issues that affect 61% um, of American general public are likely to be addressed relatively quickly, an issue that only affects 13% of Americans, the black community, or 18% of Americans, the Hispanic community, or 6% of Americans, the Asian community, may be addressed much slower. And that's assuming that it gets addressed at all. By definition, that's to be expected based on what it means to be a minority. You know, it pays to be in the majority. In general, me being a man operates in a very similar way, particularly when it comes to key decisions in church or otherwise, men tend to be overrepresented at the table and women tend to be underrepresented. Not only that, but as you go higher and higher within various spheres of influence, business, education, politics, religion, there are more and more men and fewer and fewer women. Now, as a man, if I'm in a position of power, I have the luxury of deciding what does and doesn't matter and dismissing issues I don't think are worth entertaining. Fact. Not only that, but because I'm part of the majority group, my perspective will likely be shared by other men, even to the detriment of many, many women who don't have a seat at the table. In a similar way, Christians can reinforce a very similar notion when they dismiss race-related issues because you're telling marginalized persons that issues that affect them aren't important, even if you use scripture. That's like me telling a woman that female empowerment doesn't matter because heaven is our home. Or pay equity doesn't matter because heaven is our home. Or the right to vote doesn't matter 
because heaven is our home or gender biases in the workplace or or sexism or extra biblical gender roles don't matter because heaven is our home. Now, as a man, I benefit the most from that kind of thinking, even if there are truthful elements to what I stated. It is absolutely true that heaven is our home. But I can also use that to marginalize the grievances that I don't want to be bothered with. Dismissing racial issues and other social grievances functions, I think, in a very similar way. As is true for all of these unideal church ideals, I think those in the majority group benefit from this thinking more than underrepresented minorities, whether it be racial minorities, women, or other types of minorities. And that's assuming minority groups benefit at all, which I'm not entirely convinced of. Um, again, I think this is damaging, tasteless rhetoric. Another unideal church ideal. <laughs>